Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Love is a great God to be revered in earth and heaven. In praise of love, Plato's Symposium meets Bernstein's Serenade. Love confers on us the greatest benefits. Above all, the principle by which we all should live the whole time. Plato's Symposium is one of the most profound philosophical works ever written on the topic of love. And Leonard Bernstein's Serenade is a gorgeous violin concerto inspired by the symposium. Is it really possible to translate abstract philosophical arguments into music? Bernstein didn't claim that this was a direct interpretation. Our guest is Brandy Parisi from All Classical Portland Radio. He clearly thought of this piece in a very, very personal way. Finding the music in the symposium and the philosophy in the serenade. In Praise of Love, coming up on Philosophy Talk. This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the Skyview Concert Hall in Vancouver, Washington, home of the Vancouver Symphony, where later today, Anne Akiko Myers and the Symphony will be performing. Our thinking originates at Stanford University, Philosopher's Corner. That's where Ken teaches philosophy, and I taught philosophy for 40 years. Years. Forty wonderful years, John. Forty memorable years. Welcome, everyone, to Philosophy Talk. Today, our topic, in praise of love, Plato's Symposium meets Bernstein's Serenade. Plato's Symposium, Ken, is, you got to admit, one of the most memorable philosophical works ever written on the topic of love. I certainly agree, John, and it's not just because of the philosophical content of the symposium, but also because of its style. It's an amazing work. The symposium is by turns hilarious, it's emotionally resonant, and Every single line is philosophically deep. It's a fun and inspiring read. Well, it certainly inspired Leonard Bernstein. In his violin concerto serenade, Bernstein sets out to reproduce in music something of both the philosophical content and also the literary structure of Plato's Symposium. <laughs> now, now, that's a tall order. The Symposium is an extraordinarily intricate and complicated work, really well-crafted. It's a series of speeches. Each speech is spoken by a different character. Each of the speeches is in praise of erotic love. And each speaker has a distinctive personality, a distinctive style, and a distinctive philosophical outlook. It's an amazing thing. Yeah, you left out the most entertaining part. Oh, you're thinking about the drinking, aren't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. <laughs> the assembled company wants to drink. They've actually been at this uh, discussion for a whole day. They drank a lot the day before, so they don't want to drink so much today. To ensure that they'll drink less, they decide to temper their drinking with a little philosophy. I, I could have told him that's not going to work. Yeah, because whenever you drink, you do more philosophy. Whenever you do philosophy, you do more drink. But look, instead of trying to out-drink each other, as they had the night before, they try to outdo each other in their praise of love. It's a kind of contest of who can praise love the most. You know, they don't really succeed. By the time the final speaker, Alcibiades, comes in, 
They're all very drunk, and he's drunk when he arrives. And they commence drinking even more as he gives the final unexpected speech. Now, Bernstein tries to capture this dynamic in his music. The serenade is a series of musical movements. Each of the movements is offered in praise of some form of love. Each of the speeches is modeled on one or more speeches in Plato's Symposium, and, and the movements build on and correct each other in much the same way that, as the speeches do in the dialogue. And it's all done with a kind of joyfulness, not quite drunken, but a, a serious kind of joyfulness. Well, you know, I grant you, Ken, it's a fine piece of music, but to be honest, if I hadn't read Bernstein's notes explaining what you just said, I would have no idea just from listening to it, that it was modeled after the symposium or, or even that it had anything to do with love. Uh, 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 what, what, what's the point you're trying to make here, John? Well, for example, some of the characters argue for the superiority of homosexual love over heterosexual love. Now, what is that argument supposed to sound like on a violin? Uh, it sounds like you're doubting the musical powers of Bernstein. You don't think he could pull this off? Well, nothing against Leonard Bernstein uh, personally. I just think what he sets out to do is impossible. Oh, come on. Impossible. Why would you say that? Music what can do lots of stuff. Music is one thing. Instrumental music in particular is one thing. Philosophical arguments are a different thing entirely. I mean, I admit, country and western music can get pretty philosophical. Stand by your man. You got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him. But it's, it's the voice that carries the philosophy, not the fiddle. Even a classical violin can't give you a philosophical argument. John, you sound like Plato himself. He's one of my favorite philosophers. He's a grouch when it came to music. He actually wanted to banish all lyric poets, you know, music, harmony, rhythm, all that stuff. He wanted to banish it from his ideal republic. Philosophy, well, that's serious stuff. That's improving because it aims at the unadorned truth. It speaks to reason. Lyric poetry? Ugh. That's corrupting. It can't distinguish the true from the false. It speaks to the emotions rather than reason. It deals in mere appearance and illusion rather than reality. You sound like much of a grouch as Plato was. Well, yeah, sure. Yada, yada, yada. Go on and on. You're not answering my point. How does a purely musical argument for the superiority of platonic love go? I don't agree with Plato that music is corrupting or should be banished. I'm not saying that it's not an appropriate vehicle for a lot of things, but not for representing philosophical themes and arguments. I, I, don't, I don't share your skepticism, John. Look, Plato's philosophy, you'll admit this, it's full of artistry. The symposium is a case in point. Why can't there be music that's full of philosophy? <laughs> well, we're not going to settle this dispute with an abstract philosophical argument. We'll give your point a chance. We'll do some listening. We're going to have to see if we can hear the philosophy in Bernstein's music and the music in Plato's philosophy. And to help us on that journey, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Shukan Kalantari, to take a deeper dive into Bernstein's serenade. She files this report. In ancient Greece, the symposium was a place for men to get together and drink all night a forum for men of respected families to philosophize, plot, and debate. The symposium is also the name of a philosophical text by Plato, in which seven ancient Greek philosophers debate the meaning of love. It's where we get the concept of platonic love. Many in this symposium believed the highest form of love was between two men. 
But Socrates said the highest form of love is philosophy, literally the love of wisdom. Think of the ecstasy you experience in the company of your beloved. Even this beauty is enough to make you oblivious of food and drink. What kind of ecstasy then will the man experience who lives in the company of absolute beauty itself? Pure, unmixed, and unadulterated with all the colors and flesh and rubbish of mortality. Absolute and alone. A few thousand years later, in 1954, composer Leonard Bernstein wrote a concerto called Serenade, inspired by Plato's Symposium. Bernstein, famous for West Side Story, Candide, and so many others, had his own conflicts with love. He was married to a woman, but he loved men, pretty openly. Many believe Bernstein's concerto was his way of questioning the very meaning of love. Like violin virtuoso Anna Kiko Myers, she discovered Bernstein's serenade while driving one day. It was coming through the radio of my rental car, (laughs) and um, I was completely enraptured when I heard um, what now I know as the fourth movement, or agathon. It was so tender and lyrical and magical, and I had to stay in the car till the end of the performance to find out who wrote this. Myers was hooked. She learned more about how Plato's Symposium inspired Bernstein to write the serenade. And that inspired Myers to release her own Serenade, the Love Album. I wanted to explore the different facets of love by also commissioning um, seven arrangers, just like Plato's seven philosophers who were debating love, to write 10 new works. Meyer says Bernstein was a passionate person, and that passion resonates throughout the serenade. Each movement is a different quality of love, gentleness, conflict, drama. It's so beautiful, there are moments of great tenderness, there's jazzy sections. The first movement is kind of statesman-like with the violin starting completely buck naked. And it's so arresting because no other violin concerto starts off with a discussion, you know, about love in such a startling way. Meyer says all the movements in Bernstein's serenade touch her in different ways. But it's the fourth movement, Agathon, the one she heard in her rental car years ago, that grabs her the most. I think that the fourth movement really captures Leonard Bernstein's soul. It's so poetic and deep, and there's lots of conflict in there as well with a big cadenza that I play. And you can almost feel Leonard Bernstein, you know, pounding his fists like, what is this love? What is it? You know, what does it mean? Thousands of years ago, men gathered at a symposium to drink wine and think deep thoughts. That symposium was a way for Plato to explore love through words, a way for Leonard Bernstein to explore love through music. And today, it's why Anna Kiko Myers tours the world, playing musical representations of love with roots in a room in ancient Greece. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Shuka Kalantari.